0: It's okay to be like other girls, because other girls are cool and talented. Hello, and welcome to The Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And And we're we're your Bibble Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we're moving on to the third movie in the Barbie film series, Barbie as the princess and the pauper. Based very loosely on the rather bleak novel The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain, Barbie as the Princess and the Pauper was released to direct video in 2004 and is the first musical Barbie movie. The film stars the voice talents of Kelly Sheridan as Annalise and Erica, and Martin Short, who you may recognize from Only Murders in the Building and films like The Santa Claus Free as Preminger. So this is the first movie to forego the frame story. From here on out, zero frame stories. They stopped while they were ahead. I guess maybe they ran out of ideas for frame stories. Who's to say? With the disposal of the frame story and the addition of original music, we have entered what the Bibble Babes have affectionately dubbed as phase two of the BCU. Yeah, we're going to do phases now, guys. Are we making these up? Yes, but I think it's worth it. I think we're qualified to make stuff up about the Barbie cinematic universe. (laughs) is your preeminent source for everything bcu so we begin with a storybook flashback and a musical number where we discover that on the same day two identical girls were born to very different families Princess Annalise is the princess of the kingdom and is facing marriage to a king that she's never met in order to secure the kingdom's economy, which is currently struggling due to gold mines running out of gold. Erica was born to a poor family who acquired huge amounts of debt in order to feed her and take care of her. Now that Erica's parents have died, she is an indentured servant to Madame Carp, the dressmaker, where she toils away to pay back her debts. This is a lot of like economics for a barbie movie <laughs> really i honest i was kind of surprised by it like erica's paying off the debt that her family accrued and annalise is like working to pay off the country's debt it's, it's crazy they're bringing in some real world stuff i can, i have no idea maybe they needed some commonality with money struggles even though i have thoughts about that yo Maybe Barbie saw the crash of 2008 on the horizon and was like, we got to prep these kids now. Oh, my God. (laughs) So um, both Annalise and Erica yearn for freedom from their current lives, but know that they have responsibilities they must bear. um, In Erica's case, paying off her parents' debt and in Annalise securing a political alliance to protect the kingdom from financial disaster. Such a wild central conflict. Am I right? So right. So right. They really said... Politics, economy, personal debt. Okay. Before Annalise marries the hashtag certified hottie, King Dominic, Julian, her tutor and crush, takes her into the city disguised as a commoner so she can experience the life of a commoner for a day. And while she does this, she comes to term with the extreme poverty being faced by the normal people in her kingdom. Woo! We literally see a family get evicted and have to move out of town. Ooh. And Lisa's like, guess I better get married then. Yeah, she's like, oh, dang it. I really do need to make this political alliance to save my country from bankruptcy. This is legit. And she's like, I suppose my problems could be bigger. It could be bigger, Annalise. At least but I she, mean, she sees it. She acknowledges it and she like does something about it. So we'll give it yeah. to her. I think in the Girl Like You song, she kind of like acknowledged, she's like, she's the one who's hesitant to be like, I'm like you, Erica. Because Annalise is like, what? And then Erica. Yeah, Erica, Erica is the one who. Yeah, I think that definitely makes things look a little bit better there for Annalise. And also, this movie does so very much more for Annalise and Erica than far along in our Bibble Babes run will be Princess and the Pop Star, which we have passionate, passionate feelings about. Garbage heap. So anyway, <laughs> I hate that movie. We'll talk about it later, but it takes the messaging in this movie and the beautiful life lessons and throws them down the drain, and I have thoughts. But that's later for the Bibble Babes. But for right now, Annalise stumbles across Erica, who's singing on a street corner to get change in hopes of helping pay off her debt and become, you know, not an indentured servant, <laughs> and they realize that they are identical except for their hair color. Because, yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) And they sing the absolute bop, I am a girl like you, in which there is the sheerly ridiculous and absolutely out-of-pocket line, at least you're not an indentured servant. And I think that's why they had Erica start it, because, like, had Annalise started this and Erica gone, well, at least you're not an indentured servant, everyone (laughs) would have been like, girl, Girl, Annalise, where are you at? On what world do you live? Because you are crazy. Insane. Though I will say the song is less about like their socioeconomic positions and more about how they share a kindred spirit about longing for adventure and escape, but being tied down because of the responsibilities that they have to take on. Absolutely. Yeah, they're both like determined to fulfill their duty, but they really wish that they didn't have to. I almost think like the first verse of the song where they talk about what they have to do to get eggs in the morning, kind of like paints them out as very, very different people. But then when you get the following like verse in the song, they kind of come to terms with like, not really come to terms with, but upon really like listening to each other, they're like, oh, you both want the same things that I do. And you both feel like we both feel this burden of responsibility. So like you kind of like see that little bit of a shift in the song. It's a great song. TikTok was so real Uh, for making it trend. Mattel, can you put this on Spotify, please? And thank you, please, and thank you. So the girls have a great time, and, and this is kind of cut short when Erica's boss, Madame Carp, comes back. But Annalise returns to the castle and Erica to her life as an indentured servant for Madame Carp. Um, and while this has been happening, the evil Preminger has been plotting to wrest control of the kingdom out of the hands of the monarchy. Bro is low-key planning like some sort of coup, <laughs> but the most convoluted one possible. He's been stealing gold from the mines, leading to their eventual closing, and has become fabulously wealthy because of it. And he is certainly fabulous. <laughs> Him in his purple coat and his high heels. And there I think that's where like the little song, the temporary setback song comes in. It's a temporary setback. It's a momentary really um peak. Please put also on. Please put this also on Spotify, Mattel. I, I need it in my life. Um, so this again, this movie absolute banger of song after absolute banger of a song. Oh, good! They put their whole Barbie self into this. So good, and I think the the music is done by like the London Symphony Orchestra. I, I forget. I, I'll have to look at it again, but I know I think some of it is either done by the London Symphony Orchestra and some of it might be performed by the Czech Philharmonic. So the Bibble Babes actually just did a really quick check here, and it does appear that the original score for Barbie, Princess, and the Popper was performed by both the London Symphonic Orchestra and the Czech Philharmonic Chamber Orchestra. Absolute banger of songs, absolute banger of music. Okay. okay. So, Preminger sings his temporary setback song, which I believe is titled How Could I Refuse? Um, And he decides that because King Dominic is coming to marry Annalise and fix the economic troubles of the kingdom, he's going to kidnap Annalise so that she can't marry the king and then pretend to rescue the princess and then propose to marry her under the assumption that because he rescued her, she can't refuse his marriage proposal, and that because he has such fabulous economic wealth, it'll be enough to sway her to marry him so he can be king. Okay. It's such a convoluted plan. This coup makes honestly no sense, if you really think about it. Like, like what happens when he runs out? Because all of his wealth has been amassed from stealing from the mines of the monarchy. So, like... What's Bro going to do when he runs out of gold? Yeah. He must have been planning for years if he's been stealing gold. Like, why do you wait until King Dominic came along to, like, enact his evil kidnapping scheme? I don't know. I have no idea. No, no. one will ever understand that man.
1: He's let alone...
0: greed. <laughs> anyway, so... So, he has his evil minions, Nick and Knack, who are stupid. Just, that's their personality. Stupid. Um, <laughs> And they kidnap Annalise's pet cat, Serafina. And Annalise follows to rescue her pet cat. But then they capture Annalise and they take her to a cottage in the countryside to keep her prisoner. So the next day, Annalise is reported missing. And Preminger shows the queen a letter supposedly from Annalise that says she ran away to avoid marrying the king. But Julian, her, like, both tutor and crush... Notes that the letter is a fake because it is lilac scented, and Annalise always uses rose because he's a simp. He,
1: he is, is a, a big simp. Ship.
0: That man has clogged what scent she used on her stationery, like simpage out of out the water, out the charts. This is crazy simpage. Um, and so, because he suspects that something is wrong, Julian decides to enlist to the help of Erica. Yes. All right. So Julian goes and finds Erica, and because they have the same face, he convinces her to impersonate the princess until they can find Annalise in exchange for helping her get out of indentured servitude. Woo! <laughs> yeah, girl, just put your life on the line to, like, you know, pretend to be a part of the royal family so you don't have to be an indentured servant. Yeah, Okay. I mean, props to Erica though. She seems to have this like you know entrenched idea of justice and this desire to help people. So even though it is at like potential risk to herself, she is basically on board as soon as she realizes that Annalise is in trouble. Oh yeah, Um, yeah. But she's kind of hesitant because she's like, I can't be a princess. I don't know what I'm doing. But they get her a blonde wig, and Julian gives her princess lessons in the. absolute bop of a song to be a princess which they then butcher in princess and the pop star and i i hate that so much but in this movie absolute banger to be a princess it does a really good job and i think partially like it does a good job for two reasons one it kind of lets you see how much work erica has to put into pretending to be annalise and two kind of gives you an idea of like the responsibilities placed on uh annalise because otherwise i mean you'd look at annalise and be like oh girl your breakfast is delivered to you every morning boohoo big sad you have to marry you know the absolute dream that is king dominic boohoo so sad but when, like, you sit through this song and it talks about all the things that she has to do, all the things she cannot do, Um, I feel like it kind of gives both Erica and the audience a little bit of perspective on Annalise's life in a way that's not, like, trivial in the way that um other movies might th- make things. Um yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it really shows that, like, not only does she get... I mean, she gets fun stuff, like a massive shoe collection, but she also has to be perfect, constantly perfect, in order to please everyone around her for political reasons. I guess, so, okay, the reason also Julian has Erica impersonate the princess is because he suspects foul play and that she has actually been kidnapped instead of just run away. He's like, the person who did this is going to be totally, like, weirded out when they see... Annalise or who they think is Annalise walk in like nothing is wrong and so Mm -hmm. that's like his whole Julian's little game plan there to get the person who kidnapped Annalise to freak out a little bit is this uh impersonation and that plan actually makes a lot of sense like it's actually a pretty good idea to get the person who uh kidnapped Annalise to wig out and try to find Where uh, they hid her so that Julian can follow. His plan is great. Preminger, I don't know who was running his planning business, but that's a mess. Julian, though, on top of it. On top of it. Preminger, who knows? Who the heck knows? So, on an also really interesting turn of events, the king has sent a footman a day early to scope out his bride-to-be. Except it's not a footman. It's King Dominic in disguise because everyone in this movie is really into disguises. He does some light stalking, and then the two spend the day together and fall head over heels in love. Now, to yeah. be clear, it is Erica and King Dominic who fall head over head over heels in love. Yes. And to the credit of this movie, I really do like that we see them spend like a lot of time together, doing things that they enjoy, like singing and whatnot. Because in a lot of the earlier movies, it was like ah. They spoke maybe once, but don't worry, they're in love. This one is like, no, they have a lot of common interests and seem to enjoy spending time together. I, I, I really did appreciate that little montage that they had. It's really adorable. And they sing this great song about how they both want somebody to love them for who they truly are. And for King Dominic, it's because he's king. And so he's got all this baggage from being King Dominic. And for Erica, she just wants him to see past her disguise to who she really is inside. And they both see each other for who they really are. And it's really freaking cute.
1: Ah, 10 out of
0: 10. So the light stalking he does is he walks by her bathroom and hears her singing in the bathtub to her pet cat, Wolfie. Um, And she's singing a song about how... um, So Wolfie is a barking cat. He thinks he's a dog, sort of. He makes the noises of a dog, but he's still a cat. Okay. And she sings a song about how she will always love him for just the way he is, and that he doesn't have to ever be ashamed about barking instead of meowing, because she will always love him for who he is, and that's just what makes him special and different. And it's really cute. (laughs) Love your friends. (laughs) I don't know. Meanwhile... Annalise manages a daring escape, fooling the buffoon, guards, nick and knack, and runs into Madame Carp's dress shop. And then Madame Karp mistakes her as Erica and sends her to work, which she proceeds to stink at because she doesn't know how to sew. Um, they didn't teach that in Prince's lessons. You got the harpsichord, the piano, and every single dance imaginable but not sewing. Um so at Madame Carps, she then sends her pet cat Seraphina with a message around her neck to the palace to go find Julian. But before she gets the message to him, Premager and his evil poodle Midas intercept Seraphina and Premager has Annalise imprisoned in the mines. I love this little nod to Greek mythology and naming his evil poodle Midas. So if you're familiar with Greek mythology, you would know that Midas was a king um, and He wanted to be like really wealthy and really rich. So when he was given any gift by, I believe it was Dionysus, he was like, I want it so that everything I touch turns to gold. But unfortunately for Midas, and I guess the lesson of the story about greed is that everything he touch touches includes food, drink, his family. So bro suffers for it. But like the idea that Preminger was stealing gold from the palace and has a dog named Midas 10 out of 10 loved that. So zesty. Also, Midas is another addition to the list of cursed animal voice acting choices (laughs) made by the Barbie film franchise. Why they gotta be like that? Why they gotta be like that? Why they gotta do this to us? We have the Moaning Ferret, we have Odile in Swan Lake, and now we have Midas. It's not the worst of them, but it's still a little bit cursed. It it doesn't stop here. There's still further cursed side little characters, animal pet things, familiars, so if you will. on the elephant in Island, Island Princess. Princess. <laughs> we all have discussions about Twyla or Tika or whatever her name is. I, mm, okay, Twyla is from Troll Dancing Princesses*, and there is nothing bad to say about the movie ever. Period. The end. Corrected. <laughs> um, it. It's Tika. Continue. So- um moving on so meanwhile julian realizes that what prementer's evil master plan is um how he d- how he puts all of this together who's to say because Premager's plan is a little crazy yeah, it's just like an a plus detective he's built different he is built different he's got um, he's got the nose for evil he <laughs> can sniff it out <laughs> he's on some bloodhound for evil but Premager discovers that Julian discovers his plan and imprisons him also in the mines. Primager then returns to the palace and reveals Erica to be a fake uh, because while they are identical, except for their hair color, is also except for a little birthmark that Annalise has that is literally a crown. She's a princess. So she has a crown birthmark that Erica does okay. not. It's hilarious. It's so... It's like, oh my. Okay, sure. Oh my Birthmark, god. fine, whatever. The fact that it's a crown literally sends me. like <laughs> hilarious. I kind of wonder if the doll version of Annalise has it. So that'd be such a cute detail. That would be a cute detail. And we'll have nice. some investigating there, too. I, don't, I never had the dolls for this one. But. Neither did I. But the queen, whose glasses have been hidden for her, from her this entire time, you know, it's like, oh my god, this is not my daughter and has erica sent to the dungeons before she can explain her side of the story to the dungeons all right meanwhile and there's a lot of meanwhile going on because we got two plots now it kind of cuts back and forth a little bit which uh, it, honestly it sounds a little crazy when we're talking about it but when the movie actually plays it it works fine makes total sense yeah this is this has a really cohesive plot when compared to other barbie movies and that is why this is one of the best ones <laughs> Oh yeah, plus the music and just the whole everything. It was such a good movie. Watch it, please. Um, okay, where were we? Meanwhile, Annalise and Julian reveal to each other that they've loved each other all along. It's really cute. They also discover that when the rocks are cracked open, they are actually geodes, which apparently hold a lot of monetary value in this economy, which we'll find out later. Annalise also roasts Julian's appearance here? Catherine, you added this, expand. So, she has this little line about when they're, like, talking about their feelings for each other, where she's, like, likens him to the geodes as they're around, and so she, like, talks about how his exterior (laughs) is like this, the outside of a geode, but his interior is, like, the inside of the geode. So, like, Loki basically implying that Bro's exterior is dull, and
1: seemingly worthless
0: that's hilarious oh my goodness and it's something I think about a lot not even gonna lie but you know what it's what it's on the inside that counts and I feel like that's what she was trying to say but it came across a little like wow you're dumb you're like a rock you're like a rock on the outside that's so funny you know he's not even one of the worst princes face-wise you know literally really isn't but Dominic is cuter in my opinion T. I don't know what they put into Dot my Mimic's character design, but he's a certified hottie. Okay. So, in discovering this, that the that, they're, that the G-roads are there, they realize that the mine shaft sits on top of a water source. Wolfie, the barking cat, also helps them discover this, by the way. And they open up a hole to let water flow in, and then they sit in a barrel as the water lifts them out of the mine, like a natural elevator. He's kind of smart, not gonna lie. All right, I mean, I'm here for it. Like, do I think the barrel in terms of, like, water displacement would have supported two whole people and, like, a cat? I don't know. But you know what? I'm willing to forgive it because that was kind of, like, it was kind of fire, not going to lie. It's fire. And you know what? The Barbie movies don't need physics. (laughs) So while this is happening, because we're cutting back to Erica here, she is attempting to break out of the palace dungeons and almost succeeds. Just as she is captured, the guard, who is actually King Dominic in disguise, because he loves disguises, um, and he helps her sneak out, Dominic reassures her that he does not believe that she's behind what is seemingly the death of the princess, because Preminger at some point comes in and is like, by the way, the princess has died in the mines, um, so Dominic assures her that he does not believe that she's behind that, and together they rush off to the wedding. Because premature, in the same breath as being like, "By the way, your daughter is dead," is like, "I actually have a solution for the kingdom. Marry me." And he sings to the queen. <laughs> yeah, he after she he just told her her daughter is dead. He's like, "Marry me," and he sings the whole, "How can Marry I refuse? Me. Marry me." Marry me. Like it, it's weird. He sings a how can I refuse reprise here? And it's like, oh my gosh. He's anyway. too much. Too much. He is too much. And I think it's brilliant that he is voiced by short because that is just A plus casting. And what is it about these movies and casting really famous people to voice the villains? Because I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. It's just is honestly, I really also liked how they showed the Queen really sit with that for a moment and kind of debate on it because she so obviously does not want to marry this crazy man. Like she's got the kingdom to consider. And she is um, really like, you can tell that she's still grieving over Annalise, but in the same way that Annalise was kind of coming to terms with her own responsibility, the queen also comes to terms with her own responsibility and does have the wedding go on. So I thought that was a really interesting parallel between the mother and daughter there. Yeah. But our other characters are not gonna let this lie, so yeah. once free, Annalise and Julian rush to the wedding between Premager and the Queen, stopping it just in time. <laughs> they reveal that Annalise is, in fact, actually Annalise this time, because not only is she blonde, but she has the royal birthmark. Ooh. Which makes me wonder if everyone in the royal family has that birthmark. I don't know. Maybe it's just her. The divine be- right of kings, but in birthmark form. <laughs> <A> birthmark edition. <laughs> So Preminger runs, but Julian and King Dominic team up to stop him, and he is arrested. Annalise then tells the Queen that there are geodes in the mind which will solve the kingdom's economic crisis and allow her to marry Julian. As a thanks for help, Annalise and the Queen pay off Erika's debt, freeing her from indentured servitude. King Dominic then asks Erica to marry him, but she says no and travels the kingdom as a singer. But he waits for her because they're that in love and it's adorable. And then later Erica marries King Dominic and Annalise marries Julian in a double wedding. And they were really cursed Kelly characters as the bridesmaids. Flower girl things. But you know what? Happy ever (laughs) after. Happily ever after and the cats get married and seraphina and wolfie and they have like a bajillion kittens a bajillion kittens oh my, but oh you know God. what we love it and so let's let's have a little moment here what are our thoughts on this film gab gab uh what do you think the moral is here, Catherine? Mm, i would say responsibility mm-hmm. but okay. within reason yes like, because like if it was just about responsibility, it'd be like, okay, well, she marries King Dominic and whatever. But her responsibility, I feel like, also is truly rooted in her talents. Because uh, Barbie, in this, as Annalise, loves science. And that's why she's able to clock fool's gold and gold and know about these geodes. And so she uses her talents to help the kingdom. And so I think like there's a little bit of like this ref- reframing of responsibility as like not j- simply just duty, but duty in in the like realm of your talents, which I think is a really cool way of spinning it. It's like you have these responsibilities, but you can also think creatively as to how to solve the problems that you are facing. So you don't have to take just one route. You can also Be creative. Think outside the box and discover new routes to take so that you can do what you have to do in the best way that you can, which I think is a great message. Yeah, I think it really centers around how everyone has dreams. Erica dreams of being a singer and Elise dreams of being a scientist, but we also have responsibilities and sometimes those have to come first. It's a really powerful, really good message to give towards little children. Yeah. I also really think there is this other message beyond responsibility that is, people are more alike than they might initially seem. Yeah. And it definitely plays into like the little hammy side of that with the fact that these two girls are completely identical except for their hair color. But the, a lot of the film does center on the fact that these girls are more similar than one would assume. And I really like just that simple messaging of people are more similar than you would otherwise assume, like you, you are more like those around you than you probably think you are and I think that's also like really powerful really deep messaging yeah and I think it's nice to see a message like I am a girl like you where it highlights that like a lot of women share the same sort of kindred spirit instead of the um I'm not like other oh, girls" saying, which we see a lot not only in media but also in other Barbie movies like Swan Lake you know It's more of a thing where you connect with other women instead of trying to separate yourself from being like them. Yeah, positive femininity. Let's go for it. You know? It's okay to be like other girls because other girls are cool and talented. And we're all cool and talented together. (laughs) All right. Where would you you rank this film, Gab Gab? This is a 10 for me. On a scale of 1 to 10, this is a 10. That's so fair. So many people consider this one of the best Barbie movies of all time. I'm pretty certain IMDb links it as the highest rated Barbie movie. And that's for good reason. The voice acting, the plot, the, okay, the animation's not great, but the dresses are beautiful, the music, everything about this movie, the morals, the messaging, all of it is so, so good. I unironically listen to the soundtrack all of the time. I love it. It is really really good. I okay. it's magical if I, if I was like just ranking it in thin air, I would also give it a 10 out of 10. If I had to like rank it in terms of my scale of favorite Barbie movies, this one isn't quite my favorite because I have there's there's feature film. There's a feature film coming up that is actually my favorite. But this one is I mean, I would make put this one at 9.9 then if I had to consider the other film, because this film is re- truly top tier. Like, if I had to give someone Baby's first Barbie movie, I would play them this movie. This is Barbie at her best. So good. So good. She's embracing her talents, but she also has responsibility. She's teaching young girls good lessons. She has fabulous outfits. She has a bestie who is amazing as well. Well, I mean, technically they're both played by Barbie, but you know what I mean. And it's just so good it's glittery it's girly it's positive femininity it's good lessons it's good music it's so good it's peak barbie absolutely peak barbie and also i i think it's definitely worth mentioning how cute it is at the end when the credits are playing that they have little blooper scenes i mean it's an animated film but they have blooper scenes as if barbie the character is having bloopers in playing either erica or annalise hilarious at one point uh julian breakdances in the middle of to be a princess that's really funny it's so i mean it's it was just it's really cute it's a clever way of making you know credits fun for your audience i don't know i mean it's fun it's just it's just fun, fun. it's just cute it's All a right. good time it is this movie's a good time. Are we ranking the dresses? Yes. Okay, honestly, not the best dresses. They're pretty. They're not the best. I don't know if I'm biased because I've seen a lot of TikToks of people recreating dresses like these. But I, I honestly think some of the, like, the IRL, like in real life TikTok dresses, are prettier than the actual animated dresses. I mean, not that that's difficult because you get like the I think, quality that real life brings in terms of detail and whatnot but not to be you know shaming erica for her dress making or anything but i mean th- i just would say that there's better yeah i think as far as animated dresses go there's definitely better but when you see people do cosplays of these characters 10 out of 10 oh it's absolutely it's so good and I think that just comes from it from the animation being the quality that it is I yeah think- and it's probably oh, hard to yeah. craft really detailed elegant dresses when you have two characters that you're focused on also something about the waistline of the dresses just is a little weird for me but I don't know because they're kind of going for like 18th century 1740s ish thing but like the waistline is off I don't know but I would rank these as a five for me both for Erica's and Annalise's which are pretty much the same dress in different colors I think I would give it a six yeah I I think there's definitely worse, that's there's, for sure. There's also there's also, there's also a, a couple of better ones. So I would say six, maybe six and a half. Sounds good. Yeah. But as far as cosplays that I've seen of this, ten. Tens really. across the board. Oh yeah. I've seen some amazing Annalise and Erica cosplays. So good. All right, go for it, Kat. This has been your Bibble Babes, discussing the good, the bad, and the Barbie. Join us next time for a deep dive into Barbie Fairytopia, where we will finally discuss the king himself, Bibble. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram account at the Bibble Babes, all one word, all lowercase, for the latest on all things Bibble Babes. Our Instagram is the place to learn about special episode announcements, suggest content, or your very own hot takes to the Bibble Babes, and interact with all things Barbie. We post a new episode every other Friday. If you're new here, be sure to like and subscribe. And as always, spread kindness like glitter.